Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice? Or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth conversations with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange-traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Now, today I'm joined by none other than John Mayer. He is the Chief Investment Officer for Global X. He and his team shape the firm's market outlook. They lead the construction of model portfolios. They craft the firm's investment strategy, and they contribute to the development of ETF products for Global X. Now, previous to Global X, John and I have known each other for many years as he was the lead model portfolio strategist at Merrill Lynch. He was managing their ETF model portfolio business within their CIO office, longtime industry veteran and very well known. John, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be on the podcast today. So I want to back up a little bit um, and talk, a, you know, kind of at the beginning, if you will, about how you actually got into the ETF business, right? If you kind of look back on your career, can you share a little bit about that and, and maybe point to some of the, I guess, pivotal points that, that have kind of led you to where you are today? Um, sure. Uh, how did I get into the ETF business? Well, I think it, a little bit of a happenstance, actually. So I was actually a U.S. Peace Corps volunteer in Ukraine, of all places. Uh, great experience. Very sad what's going on there. Um, and when I came back from, from the Peace Corps, I'm like, oh, I'm an emerging market specialist. Uh, so I, I tried to look for a job on Wall Street as a research analyst associate in the emerging market area. What I did learn is that I, I wasn't really a specialist. All I was was a person who had lived in an emerging market. So I didn't really have any skills needed. But somebody gave me a chance in the, in the closed-end fund area, uh, covering uh, closed-end funds as a, as a research associate. Um, and closed-end funds kind of led into the ETF business. And that was when I was at Payne Weber and UBS, my first jobs on Wall Street. And then I was the closed-end fund analyst and ETF strategist at uh, UBS for about 11 years. And then I was hired at Merrill Lynch in 2007, covering closed-end funds in their global research department. Uh, at some point while in research, they asked me to take over these asset allocation models, these ETF model portfolios that were created in 2005. And this was 2009 when I took them over. And when I took them over, I'm like, wow, ETF market has grown a lot. Um, we can do a lot more interesting things and get more, get more focus in particular areas because the ETF market has grown so much and so many different options in the ETF space. So from 2009 to, you know, till I, I left uh, Merrill Lynch in 2017, I was pretty much the ETF model, model portfolio strategist and grew the assets meaningfully in that area. And in 2017, I joined Global X because uh, I love the product suite. I'm a big believer in thematics, which we have about half of our $40 billion in the thematic space. 
And here I am building model portfolios at GlobalX. And, and I love the timeline. And John, thank you so much for sharing sort of some of those really early decisions because we do have younger listeners and uh, you hit on a constant theme here is people at heads of businesses today were the ones that early in their career were just willing to take on new things, try new things. It didn't have to be the biggest role, and but as long as you were learning and as long as you were challenged, it got you to the right place. And so I love, I love the story. For those advisors that are out there and saying, hey, maybe I know a Global X ETF, but I don't know as much about the firm and maybe didn't realize your role within the firm. Could you share a bit more about both of those things? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question in terms of, you know, why I came to Global X, a much smaller firm than obviously Merrill Lynch or Bank of America. I, I joined in, in 2017 when the firm was about $5 billion in assets and we had about 40 employees. And while we the name is Global X, we really were U.S. focused. Over the past five years, we've uh, grown uh, meaningfully. We're, as mentioned earlier, about $40 billion in assets. We are living up to the name Global. So we're largely focused in the U.S. at this point with almost 100 funds, but we also have funds and businesses in Australia. Uh, we have about 24 listings there in Hong Kong, 39 listings in Europe. We have a usage business with about 32 ETFs. And I say about because these numbers constantly change because they constantly go up uh, as we issue new funds. Latin America, we have uh, ETFs listings in Brazil and Colombia, and then we have 24 listings in Japan. So we really have grown globally. And many of our ETFs are in kind of unexplored and intelligent areas, intelligent solutions is what we call it, uh, thematics. We think about thematics, uh, you think about next time it's going to be different. What is disrupting those traditional sectors that, uh, whether it be financials or industrials or technology? And you think of thematics like cloud computing, uh, cybersecurity, clean energy, infrastructure. Those are an area that we focus on and we have a large research team that uh, does research in those areas. We also have a large suite of income-oriented ETFs from covered call uh, exposures to preferreds uh, as well as country access. So we really kind of run the gamut of more focused exposures. We don't play necessarily in kind of the broad beta. You know, we don't have an SPY or an IVV. We focus in areas that are a little bit different. So, John, certainly an interesting time in the markets, if if the word interesting even does enough uh, to, to sort of talk about what we're facing. Are there product development trends? You know, you mentioned in, in all these markets, you keep growing. What are you focusing on today? So what we are seeing, if, if you look at what's going on in the market, obviously inflation is a big story. Fed action is a big story. And while we come out with products on a regular basis, we don't necessarily want to chase what's going on in the market. We want to put out a product that could be potentially be right for a particular market environment because certain market environments don't necessarily last for an extended period of time. So if you come out with an ETF just to capture what's going on with inflation or the Fed, you may be too late. So if you have a product or a product suite that's already available, that ETF can be taken off the shelf at the right time to be used in a particular market environment. That being said, areas that we are seeing uh, traction uh, that investors are interested in or areas that uh, can protect you from inflation or uh, protect you somewhat from volatility, you are seeing um, some of our risk-managed products 
be of greater interest at the moment that have uh, some downside protection. You're also seeing, while yields have risen meaningfully, um, you're still seeing clients looking for funds that provide a, a great amount, a large amount of distribution. Like our one, our largest fund is QYLD. It's a NASDAQ 100 cover call ETF. And that provides a, a lot of yield because we write at the money options. And while you're capping, you're capping your upside uh, in a kind of trending um, up and down market, and you're not expecting the market to go up in a meaningful way, that type of product uh, could be a benefit, if, particularly if you feel that much of the downside has already been experienced. And we have that for the S&P 500 as well, XYLD or small caps, RYLD. You are seeing some traction in, in those products. You're also seeing traction in products where you can play the tailwinds. So if you look at what's going on because of the war in Ukraine, uh, there's energy concerns globally. And uh, uranium, which is used for um, nuclear power plants, and nuclear power plants is actually considered a green form of energy. You're seeing a lot of interest in, in that fund, URA. Another area of great interest we're seeing is, as particularly as we're moving on to tax loss harvesting season, is PFFD, which is the U.S. preferred ETF, that if you believe that interest rates have peaked or are close to it, this fund is going to make a lot of sense, provides a good yield, and the credit quality is uh, is good, in our opinion. So, John, we're, we're getting close to closing out 2022. The, the headlines are everything about volatility, rising interest rates, inflation. Are there ways that you sort of look out at the marketplace and say, hey, look, I, I've seen some tough markets over my career, and and maybe these are some strategies that investors and advisors could be doing to manage their risk right now? Well, right now, we, we all know and we all read the news, particularly um, in the investment world, and inflation has been worse than expected, and central banks have pivoted from being very dovish to very hawkish, and we're seeing that growth is steadily slowing. So we believe that it's likely that you'll see a recession in the U.S., uh, as well as the Euro Eurozone and the U.K., and the rest of the world will continue to weaken. China potentially is, is a, a bright spot, so there's a lot of bad news that have, has already been played out uh, in China. So that's a potential area of opportunity if you will, are willing to take some risk. Uh, we do have a China consumer ETF, CHIQ, that we believe used in a moderate uh, amount could be a decent play to uh, play the volatility and potential opening up of China. And with a lot of the news already being out there with some of the past regulatory concerns with China. We do believe that inflation will come down, but it will take some time. Uh, we expect to see more rate hikes, particularly in, in the U.S., because of the strong labor market. And there's a bit of an uncertain outlook given geopolitics and, and sticky inflation. But that being said, we do think that there's an opportunity in the energy space. Um, we have uh, an MLP fund, MLPA, as well as M MLPX. Uh, these are funds that are correlated to movements in interest rates, as well as the energy markets. And we do believe as we are heading into winter, there's going to be an increased need for fuel and prices potentially could go up from there. So MLPA and MLPX are areas, that, uh, funds that we think make a lot of sense in this particular environment. 
So, John, there's a lot of discussion right now about year-end tax planning. Uh, you're starting to get notifications from fund companies about potential distribution of gains. Uh, you know, I'm curious, when you look at the work you're doing around model portfolios and have done in the past, is there is there something in the the land of ETFs that that say, hey, here here's a great way to to use ETFs to from like a year end tax planning? Sure. Yeah. So I think that uh, you are you're starting to see it already. You will continue to see it throughout through the end of the year. You know, we're coming off. You know, obviously this year is not great, uh, but previous years have been rather strong. So clients likely have some gains in their in their portfolios or meaningful gains in their portfolios. So this is a good time of year to sell out your, you know, potentially even sell out some of the funds that have done rather well and go into something similar, but not exactly, type of fund for tax loss purposes or, or actually take the loss if you need it and go into a similar fund. So we do expect to see a continued flow of, of tax loss harvesting through the end of the year, more so than, than other years, other recent years. Got it. John, as you start to look into next year, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but are there opportunities? Do you see places out there in the market that that investors should be thinking about? And are there specific global X ETFs that you look at and say, hey, these are the ones that might be able to help seize those opportunities? Well, I, I do think that the global investment in energy has been lackluster uh, in the years leading up to COVID. So I do think that most people, most portfolios are underexposed to energy, despite having a str extremely strong year in energies, energy this year. So I, I do think there'll be a, a continued flow into energy areas. I mentioned MLPA, MLPX, as well as clean energy. So we know the world needs to find another solution to fossil fuels because of the needs to reduce carbon in the atmosphere. So what we we do believe that clean energy supply investments is rising. It's rising about 12% per annum. We still think this is going to be short of what's required for international climate goals. But that being said, because of the, the Russia's war in Ukraine, this adds urgency to the need for investments in these renewables and these transitional, traditional energy investments. Uh, while they're still going to play out, there still needs to be exposure to these alternate sources of energy which will be a big part of our future. And then you have the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a catalyst for inducing some of these investments. So there's about $370 billion that's going to be spent in the climate area. There's a lot of tangential private spending that's going to go on there as well. So we're looking for tailwinds. This is an area where there's tailwinds, and it feeds into some of the electric vehicle ecosystem. So uh, an ETF that to play some of the the, the the EV in the EV ecosystem is LIT, which is lithium and battery technology. The world is in short supply of lithium, and we know that electric vehicle sales are increasing in a meaningful way. The U.S., the penetration of sales is only about 5%, but you go to China, it's about 50 plus percent. You go to some of the Nordic countries, and it's in the 80 plus percent range. The EV revolution is happening. It's not going away. And lithium is going to be needed. So LIT makes a lot of sense in that area. And of course, as a reminder, you can use the free ETF screener on ETFcentral.com. You can find out a lot about uh, the Global X lineup and some of the ETFs that John's talking about. You can search even just intuitively, uh, as he's mentioning, around themes, lithium, EV, electric, energy, et cetera, all at ETFcentral.com. 
John, is there an ETF in your lineup that you say, you know, this should be doing better or it just it just hasn't gotten the attention that it deserves and we should spotlight it right now? I'm sure there's a few, uh, but one that comes to mind is I think our data center REIT and digital infrastructure ETF, uh, the ticker is VPN. That's an area where there's a lot of M&A activity within the sector. There are tailwinds uh, for some of the fiscal policies. Uh, it's also an inflation hedge. And data centers and cel cellular tower REITs are really the backbone of the digital and wireless technologies that we use every day. And they're also foundational to some of the proliferation of next generation technologies like 5G networks, which does require improved infrastructure. I believe this, this ETF should be more noticed than it is. Uh, the ticker is VPN, um, and I expect that to gain assets in the future. And of course, your fantastic marketing team, since its very beginning, always does a wonderful job coming up with ticker symbols, and, and the VPN is no exception. So for investors, advisors, John, they're listening in and they're saying, boy, we want to engage with you guys. We want to talk. What should they be doing? How, how should they be reaching out to you? So we we um, have what I believe is a, is a very good website. Uh, on the website, very intuitively lists all of our funds, close to 100 funds. And then you can sort them in, in different ways. We also have a lot of research. Our research team continues to grow both on the thematic side as well as the income side and country access side. So that provides you with a potential good source of information about a lot of the, the, the themes and sectors that go into the ETFs that we have. We also have our second annual outlook and guide to uh, trends, technologies, and some of the areas that, it, that really are transforming the world and some of a glimpse of what might be ahead, that could be accessed through a separate website called chartingdisruption.com. That'll be, I, has a lot of information there, a lot of different industry experts speaking beyond our, our research team. It's a Herculean effort by our research team to produce this, um, this, this information that we're putting on the website. My team runs the model portfolios we have in the U.S. 13 different model portfolios. So if you go to our website, there's a tab for model portfolios. Click on that. Give some information in front of the paywall. Uh, if you go behind the paywall um, or the advisor login, you don't have to pay anything. You just have to create a, a, a login. There's a lot of white papers, information about our portfolios. Um, the portfolios are can be copied for free, paper portfolios, or they can be accessed on various different platforms as a one ticket solutions. So I suggest you take a look there. And just to make a comment earlier about our tickers, I'm on the, the new product committee and we spend a lot of time trying to come up with tickers that we feel are representative and help the end user and provide some information about that ETF. We also suggest you take a deeper look on at our research about the ETF or the industry surrounding the ETF as well. 
Yeah. And as a reminder for our listeners, uh, the website Global X ETFs, you could go there, you'll find all the different content lineup of ETFs, as well as, as John mentioned, all of his model portfolios right across the top, learn more about the insights they're producing, learn more about the team all directly, super easy, globalxetfs.com. Now that is a wrap on this edition of the Inside ETFs podcast. As a reminder, you can find this episode as well as many other episodes of the podcast, as well as other ETF thought leadership, all on the New York Stock Exchange's website, etfcentral.com. That's etfcentral.com. Again, with that free ETF screener. I want to thank you again, John, for being here to share your insights. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm Douglas Jonas, head of exchange traded funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how.